All right, here we go again. What's true for everybody? This is Everyday Experiences number nine, and it's called Eric Little. Do you know who Eric Little was? Eric Little was a Scottish Olympic runner. They called him the Flying Scotsman, and he raced in the 1924 Olympics in Paris. And one of the things that Eric Little could not do was he could not separate running races, what he did, from his faith and his love for God. For example, 1924 Olympics in Paris. Uh, Eric Little's best event was the 100-meter race. At these Olympics, the 100-meter race was held on Sunday, which was his Sabbath. And so he refused to run the 100-meter race because it was his Sabbath. Now, I'm totally amazed by his integrity and commitment. Me, I would have run it and just said, okay, this week I'll take another Sabbath. So this isn't, I'm not trying to be like, hey, legalism is awesome. But uh, he had this commitment. He had this integrity he wanted to keep and he did it, which I think is fantastic. So instead of running the 100 meter race, which was his best event, he ran the 400 won the gold. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just run my second best race and win the gold anyway. Ran the 200 and won the bronze. He was, some people say at the time, the fastest human on the planet, the flying Scotsman, Eric Little. By the way, he was also a Christian missionary. Uh, If you've seen Chariots of Fire, uh, 1981 movie, won an Oscar, by the way. I've actually never seen it, uh, but now I kind of want to. And he has this line in the movie Chariots of Fire. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. (laughs) How great of a line is that? I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And then he says this, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. I believe God made me for a purpose. Purpose, by the way, that's number one purpose, but he also made me fast. Uh, We can call it a gift. He also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Pleasure. Purpose, gift, pleasure. Or if you think everything is better when your points start with the same letter, you could say purpose, present, not like the here and now, but like a gift present. Purpose, present, pleasure. Purpose, by the way, you have a purpose. Whoever is listening to this, you have a purpose in God's kingdom. That's, that's not even a question. Okay. Gift or present, if you prefer. Uh, you are really good at something. You've been been given certain talents by God to be really, really good at something. You have a purpose. You have a present or a gift. You're really good at something to be used. And then pleasure. What you're really good at, uh, it has something to do with your purpose in the kingdom of God. I promise you that. I promise. What's the line that someone uh, said? Your purpose is where your deepest desire meets the world's greatest need, something like that. Whatever you're really good at, it has something to do with your purpose in the kingdom of God. And when we realize this and we use it for good, when we realize what our purpose is, what we're really good at, and we use it for good for a purpose, the result is pleasure, it's joy, it's fulfillment, There's a passage in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter four, where this dude, Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus, and he's talking about the unity of the body of Christ. In verse seven of chapter four, he says this, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ 
apportioned it, meaning we've all been giving, given something. You go to verse 11, and Paul says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You go down to verse 16, he says this, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, we all have something, but it's not the same thing, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You have a purpose. You have a part. You've been given a gift. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, same writer, Paul, writing to this church in Corinth. He's talking about spiritual gifts and he's talking about unity and diversity in the body. Verse four, he says this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. You go to verse 15, and here we go. He says this, Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If we were all good, if we all had the same gifts, uh, how fun would that be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, Paul says, just as he wanted them to be. What you're good at. It's not a mistake, by the way. Uh, verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Let's keep going. Okay, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Sometimes when you feel like, eh, I don't have much to offer, you are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our Presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body. Do you ever compare what you're good at to what somebody else is good at? There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. We're all in this together somehow. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. Then verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You have this purpose in the kingdom of God. There's something for you to do. It has, and it has something to do with your present, your gift, what you are really good at, which is given to you by God. And when you use that, when you line those two things up, it's, it results in pleasure and joy and fulfillment. Even John the Baptist, by the way, he knew what his gift was, what his present was. He was to make the way for Jesus, to announce that Jesus is coming. And then at some point he says, he, meaning Jesus, must become greater. I must become less. One of the things John the Baptist knew, not only who he was, but who he wasn't and what he wasn't, which is really, really important. Everyone has something. Everyone has something. You have something and it matters and we need it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And often 
I've met a lot of people who we believe we have a purpose that God has gifted us and, and, and we are to use it for his glory, but we aren't sure either what we're really good at, what the gift is, what the present is, or we're not sure how to use it. Or, and this is huge sometimes because it happens, we downplay it. We either pretend like it doesn't exist or we apologize for it or embarrassed to buy it. So, so time for a little self-assessment here and don't get cocky with this. Be honest about it. Don't get cocky with it. Don't, don't get unrealistic. Don't, and on the opposite side, don't sell yourself short or apologized or be embarrassed for what the answer really is. And here it is. How would you fill in the blank? This is the question. How would you fill in the blank? Eric Little's blank. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me blank. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me blank. And when I do this, you can add this on. When I do this, I actually feel his pleasure. When I do this, I feel joy. When I do this, I feel fulfillment. If I were to fill in this blank, uh, some of the things I would say, I would say, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a husband. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a dad. When it comes to certain gifts I've been given, I would say, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a pastor. I feel like I have the ability to be with people in, in, in a calming presence sort of way in, in different areas of, of, of life or birth or death or areas in between or special occasions or solemn occasions or just being with people wherever they're at in the everyday sorts of moments. Uh, I would say, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a Bible teacher. I feel like I, I have the, the, the gift of being able to study the Bible and dig into it and create some sort of teaching from it. Not only that, but to enjoy it. Like this is what I do when I have nothing else to do. And, and, uh, not everyone wants to do what I do when they have nothing else to do and they shouldn't. Some of the things that I enjoy doing, some people think that would be like torture for me. And it would be because you're not me and I'm not you. You have your own answer. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me blank for you. Is it, he also made me a high school teacher. He also made me a mechanic or an accountant or a grandparent in this season. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a host or hostess. I love just having people over or welcoming them. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a caretaker. I have the ability to care for people, to notice their needs and to, and to meet them. He made me an administrative assistant. I can schedule things and answer phones with the best of them. He also made me a friend or a friend to maybe this particular person in this particular time of my life. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a coach or musician or an artist or a painter or an engineer or a banker. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a techie. I'm really good with technology, computers, that sort of thing. He also made me a veterinarian. Or he also made me a lawyer or a chef or a cook. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a salesperson. I can sell things. I can do it well, and I do it with honesty. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me a 911 operator. I talked to a 911 operator last week. I met her, and, and she told me about her job, and I was like, man, I, could, I just couldn't do that. But she loves it, and she's good at it. And she, she's the kind of person, if you call 911, you don't want me on the other end of the line. You want her on the other end of the line. Whatever it is for you, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me blank. And when I do it, 
I feel this, his pleasure, joy. I feel fulfillment, whatever it is, you can do it with purpose. You can use your present, your gift for the glory of the kingdom of God. The result of that is pleasure, purpose, present or gift or however you want to say it, pleasure, grace, and peace.